Welcome to AP That's It, where we share our experience as first-generation Haitian-Americans through a different perspective on our culture of being a safe space. I'm Lisa Fania. I'm Soraya. And we have a guest joining us, one of our cousins, Lori. Gloria. T. Lolo. Gloria. Lo. Lo. To the streets. T. Lolo to my cousins. <laughs> the one that's always stunting on all of them. Always. What's up? Suck passe. Oh, you know. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Billy got passe, we. Actually, I have so much to do today that, <laughs> you know, when you look at everything you have to do and you're just like, sleep? Yes. That's <laughs> that what I'm doing today. Currently. <laughs> hmm? Exactly what I'm doing. As you can see, I'm still in my bed. At some point, I gotta like, like, hey girl, get up. It's hard. I know. Treat yourself nicely. All I can say. Girl, um, you know, it's been a nice couple of days. I have spent them with you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. we went to the little Haiti neighborhood, uh, which I have portion, been a small to. portion. Yeah, drove around, um, went to visit some, there was a community event there, as well as um, just some areas that I've been interested in. And I'm hoping that all that work and all of that, you know, funness comes and manifests into something amazing. So we'll stay tuned. I don't know what that means. And I'm not going to finish that statement. Sakpase, Lisa. <laughs> Um, as we were talking offline, I was saying that I've been going through things. So spending this weekend with Soraya, like we used to, was super, super nice and super healing. Um, the little, the two little Haiti adventures, because I've been, I feel like this whole weekend I've been in a little Haiti, like since Thursday night. Um, and it's been one, just to see the community become super gentrified and all of these different cultures um in it it's um because it's also happening like i think the grove like because i grew up in coconut grove which is a it's an area miami dade where it was filled of bahamians that's where like the bahamians came to when they came to the states to help in the 1800s to help henry flagler build the railroads and so we grew up especially like vladimir and i and Carlisle and um, the Blemmer kids. We all grew but up. Not me. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think it's not that Vladimir and I. But I was in tow. I was just always, like, I wasn't old enough to take part in anything. <laughs> yeah, we did a program during the summer. So we spent a lot of our summers, like three, for me, at least three years of my summers was in Coconut Grove. And seeing that completely change to what it is, where it's like now this new European, like, bank expo um it's it's very interesting and then so seeing now little haiti because little haiti has been becoming gentrified for the past 15 20 years and now you see a lot of the construction of magic city or what's the one river little river that they're trying to change it to um but it still has the culture and it still has the people and i think right now is the best time yeah to like you know because i think which is, it should be a, another question, another um, topic we should talk about, because I was listening to uh, another podcast, and the two people on there stated, which is um, some people that you know, 
they stated like the the apartments that they live in are are part of the gentrification so are they part of the problem as well and it was like a question and a debate that they've been dealing with for the past especially in 2020 they've been dealing with it which is like especially the um, apartment that you guys lived in was a part of the gentrification of that neighborhood so it's, it's like are you helping the problem are you putting money back into the community by staying here but are your prices being raised? So, so and I, I would love to have a conversation with like maybe some other um, cousins on that topic so we can pin that. But being a little Haiti this weekend was very healing for me. Like it was super, like I'm really grateful for Soraya to like just send out the invitations. Like, hey, let's go take a walk around little Haiti and try to talk to some folks. Mm. And um, that was an interesting experience. Because for you too, like I'm scared talking to people too. But I realize if you say hello to people, it, especially with the mask, especially with COVID, it makes them friendlier, like, open up. Yeah, they open because they're just like, oh my gosh, like somebody's talking to me. Because you're, you're just so like one-sided, like I'm going to my destination. Nobody can see me because I have my I mask mean, on my face. I mean, I've always been that way, even but, without a mask. <laughs> but the mask in, in, like enhances it. And so you're just like one way, let's just go. But yeah, this weekend was healing to whatever's supposed to happen this week and i'm really really grateful yes snaps i'm not gonna snap because i know y'all can hear it but (laughs) snaps um so what were the people talking about quincy munio what were they talking about about the nonsense first lori because lori brought this oh god and then we'll we'll, we'll leave (laughs) with some like beauty and like go ahead lori take the the stage I'm going to say allegedly because the people want to hear that before. (laughs) Allegedly, T.I. and Tiny are being accused of, well, they are being accused of sexually harassing slash, I guess, also would fall under. But basically, they have this thing where they invite people to come have sex with them. They pay these girls. And sometimes the girls have a good time, leave, whatever. Um, but sometimes, or a lot of the times, because there have been a lot of cases coming up, like over 30, where the girls get drugged and they have no recollection of what happened and they feel like they are being abused by T.I. And Tiny is kind of like the ringleader and she like enjoys creating this kind of environment. So everybody's like, we this in addition to whatever T.I. has been doing before, especially with his daughter and like being just misogynistic in general people are like we knew ti was a bad person and now on top of this like (laughs) the fact that he's raising these girls and you know like who knows what else they have to go through so it's crazy if it is true it is wild right but also power is a is a thing and Mm -hmm. if men with no power are how they are i cannot imagine what happens when you give them a whole bunch of money (laughs) and clout (laughs) and power this is true. So, I think power is very dangerous and can can bring out a side of a person that you might not normally there. see. It's always you there. might not normally see. Yeah, I'm saying it might bring out the side that you don't normally see. And I think the more power you get to explore that side, right? So it's well, insane. And I hope, I hope in terms of like, is okay, but yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's insane for the people involved. I know. I think that like going into hearing the story that this like first of all they're gonna get they're gonna get torn down 
because they're a black couple and a lot of people do not like sexual assaults and uh-huh. for with the government and everything that's going on they are just going to completely get destroyed because they don't have that power to really protect themselves or they may they may have i don't know but it just seems like are these just, black women though yeah even if her, yeah so are they gonna listen <laughs> well no even if it's black women i think that just to put especially what's going on with po- politics it's just gonna be a new narrative and a new what's the term me too no Cancel. to like move move like move directions from like this is a shithole that's going on with the country and politics. Let's like skew the people. Oh, um, like smoke propaganda. And yeah, all well, of that. Propaganda is to to get you to think one way, but I, I know what you're talking about. I can't think of it. Right like now. smoke and mirrors. Like let's put your attention to this nonsense okay. instead of like what's really going on here. Um, right. So I think that that may be the case. Uh, and then Soraya has a beautiful love and light Quincy Munio. Oh. I was like, which one? <laughs> well, before we wrap that one up, I wanted to, like, as soon as I heard the story, I just thought of, like, and uh, Lori brought up the fact that he's raising daughters. Super, like, mm-hmm. where's that uh, child? Not TPS. What's the one? C- CPS. I go, TPS. What is it? Toddler Protective Services? I don't know. Teen <laughs> Protective Services. <laughs> like, that's literally what goes on in all of our, like, our heads because of the way we were raised like excuse what no they're gonna come take your children they're gonna take your (laughs) everything from you so it's different if you're rich they only do that to the poor people (laughs) i guess man that little baby is is there they had a i think that baby's like three a toddler so tps is correct (laughs) tiny i forgot they have like a brand new little girl brand new little girl yeah four yeah she's like talking but, yeah, but I don't well. think that they're <laughs> doing it in front. I think the children might be in the house. Obviously. It's not even, but I don't think it's like in front of them. It's like, it. if you're this type of person, Correct. that part of you is going to come out when you speak to, you. for example, him getting his, his daughter to do hymen checks every, however often, and also talking about it in public. It's like, you don't, if you are that kind of person, you're not going to think differently when you're around your kids. That's yeah, true. like what goes on in if you're doing doors. this behind closed doors yeah. what are you doing with your kid like it's just a lot so that's the like it's gonna be the a view i wanted to bring up even look at them like true true um well back to my love and light uh <laughs> um have y'all seen chloe bailey from uh <laughs> chloe Daly? y'all I, I feel like we might have mentioned her last podcast but i don't no, mention her again you sure? I feel like I get. I wanted to, but we didn't. No. Oh, okay. Well, Chloe Bailey is my woman crush Wednesday. Every day. Every day. <laughs> um, I just felt like it's funny because like I feel like a lot of people knew this was coming, and then it was like, ah, <laughs> here it is, <laughs> and we are appreciating it. And I went on Twitter this morning, and it's like trending as one of the topics and i was like this is crazy like what are they talking about on twitter her body they're talking about how people well just the views yeah of like (laughs) her body is doing too much and people are like Mm -hmm. uh she's just expressing herself and coming into her own like how old is she isn't she 23 i think she's 23 yeah but in just in general yeah she's she's relatively lori's age 
That's sure. my age. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So it's like, I feel like how, that- old is, how old is um Meg? She's twenty. She's in college. Twenty seven. She. I think she's like twenty three, twenty four too. No, yeah, they're all old. young. Wow, she's like our age. I'm pretty sure. No, Chloe Bailey is young. Yeah, I know Hallie is younger. I think Hallie is nineteen or something. Um, but let me look at how old. Um, Megan is twenty five. Okay, so. Meg has been doing this, right? And I guess because she came on the scene already, like, look, ah, this is me. Look at my tongue. <laughs> um, people have been more accepting. Not even because WAP came out and they were, you know, all all not into it, which is a whole nother topic because y'all need to get out your feelings. But um, Chloe's <laughs> Chloe's not doing anything wrong. And I am just... Nobody said nothing about throat, baby, though. Know? I'm done with you, bro. <laughs> um, I just want to see her DMs. That's really what I would love to see. <laughs> Whose DMs? Oh, God. Chloe's DMs. Oh, God. I won't because there's a whole bunch of dick pics. I just want to see <laughs> the extent of, like, the reaction, the response. Because I know what my response is. So I'm just like, oh, what is everyone? So, so Chloe and Haley are two years apart. So Chloe's 22 and Haley's 20. Okay. I think she's 23, but we'll, we'll keep her at 22. She's, that's what Wikipedia says. Wikipedia? No. What, what's her birthday? 1998, July 1998. What? Oh my God, what a baby. 98? What are you, 97, baby, <laughs> Lori? Ugh. Yeah. And then Haley is March 2000. Yikes. <laughs> my, my, my. So that that's just my shot. Like I am about it. Anyone else want to add anything to it? I appreciate. Um, so I listened to this podcast with Tracy Ellis Ross, um, where people talk about age and especially like black women, not just even black women, just women in media, like actors. Like once you hit like forty, you're dead to Hollywood. Yeah. And she was just talking about age, and she's like, "Yeah." Being tw- in my 20s, like, I remember my, like, the greatest part about it is, like, my boobs were perky, but I want to go back to that mindset, a 23-year-old mindset. Like, I knew nothing. Like, I was dumb. And so, yesterday, I had that thought, because I was looking at these young kids, and I was just like, it, it's fun, because it's like, okay, you can start all over being in your 20s, but if I knew what I knew now, being in my 20s, maybe I'd be a little bit different. I don't know, but i I'm really appreciating these kids taking the initiative of really coming into their own. And like how Lori was saying earlier, like being this caricature of themselves to figure out who fully they are in this world. And it's just been fun to watch. And for her, like, I really don't know this girl. I feel like in an episode of, what's the show that they're on? Grownish. Thank you. I was like, mix six blackish is an ish in it. Um, there was this ep- there was an episode where she wanted to be more sexual on her Instagram and her boyfriend was really against it. And I feel like her real life from her show, the character. Get out. I was just thinking life. that. Yeah. So <laughs> it's just, you know, there's portions of like what influences you and she can do whatever she wants in whatever creative manner. If she's still making money, that's all that matters. Is she's still expressing herself artistically. And if she's happy, that's the biggest thing. Is she happy? 
Because being in this public light and now putting yourself out there. He looks real happy. (laughs) This week on our podcast, the topic will be code switching. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Well, we were talking and we were just talking about, okay, clothes and um, demeanors and, you know, showing up um, as yourself as your full authentic self and then showing up as the person you want people to perceive you as, I was like cold switching. So I think, you know, what we want to maybe try and do is um, talk about what it is, what is code switching, um, how it shows up in our lives and kind of where that comes from, why it is that we do it um, and how it relates to like our Haitian American roots. So does anyone want to take the definition of code switching? Code switching is a linguistic occurrence when a speaker alternates between, nope, this is not it. (laughs) It says two or more languages or languages varied in the context of a single conversation. Okay. That's what Wikipedia is saying. That's not right. I I read Wikipedia. You could Urban Dictionary. I think that's a more reliable source. But (laughs) Code switching essentially is just um, basically changing. But there's multiple versions of code, like the definition of code. Yeah, basically changing how you speak and how you present yourself depending on who you're around and who you're in your environment. Yep, your environment. Yep. Um, I think that's a pretty Mm -hmm. good general definition, and that's kind of what we're going to speak about. Um, So, Lori, how does code switching show up in your life? it shows up too often which is why I was talking about this like intentionally creating these characters before I go out so I know like this is this is what I have to choose from um because normally I really I vary it based off off of like every individual person like I don't want to say I'm an empath because everybody says that but (laughs) Um, basically, like, I feed off of somebody's energy, and I'm like, I kind of can gauge what you want from this conversation, so I kind of become that person, like, if you want somebody to be, like, super excited, like, motivational, I'll be like, okay, yeah, let's do that, if you want somebody to be, um, just to listen and be quiet, I can do that as well, so for me, that's kind of how code switching shows up, I don't really change, ah, nah, because <laughs> I work at my job, I work with a majority of pretty much all Black students who have, a, they speak a certain way. So at my job, it's, sometimes it's easier to speak to them the way they talk because they understand it a lot faster. Um, so I'll, I find myself code switching with that. But usually with adults, I just speak how I speak in general. What did you say Sorry. usually with adults? What? I just speak however I speak just normally like this I I talk like this but also in the way I talk I switch accents a lot just randomly for no reason but I don't think that's based off code switching um so code switching for me I feel like it's an encompass of like who you completely are and I think what code switching has become especially with people dealing with in white spaces um, they have to completely change and switch their demeanors and things like that. And I think 
for me, I had a friend who told me, oh, Lisa, like you are very fascinating. Like you are almost, what's that lizard that changes its colors? Chameleon? Yeah, it's like you're a chameleon wherever you go. And for me, that's how code switching is for me. Like I know it's still a central part of who I am, but I'm always changing myself depending on the spaces that I'm in. Purposely or unpurposely. And sometimes I'm just like, if I go into white space, I'm going to still be this person and always be this person. I'm not going to change. Um, that's how I've maneuvered through code switching in my life. And it's really fun to have a term for it because, you know, and I, and I know that this, for me, I think this term is really for the people who are not doing code switching for them to really understand, like, this is what it feels like to be a black person or a person of color or indigenous person being in these spaces. How about you, Soraya? Yeah, um, I think it's code switching for me just happened involuntarily. I felt like I had to do it. Um, it's what I learned to do. And I wouldn't even call it, I, I started calling it code switching as I got older and there was a name for it. But really earlier in life, it was kind of like, it's assimilation. It's, I'm in this environment. People don't look like me. They don't talk. I mean, they talk similar to me, but they don't speak the way maybe my family does. So now I'm like, okay, I'm going to make sure that I say the words this way. Because if I say it that way, I'm going to get made fun of. Or I'm not going to be part of the majority. Code switching was to me at first seen as a negative and then growing up and seeing I guess how I feel it's necessary um maybe not necessary but it's helpful to be able to do so so that you can navigate different areas and 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 fields and and just you know kind of open your eyes uh to more than one thing but definitely um Code switching is already a part that you have in you. Like they're all codes and stuff that you learn throughout your life. And you kind of assess and analyze the environment you're in. And you're like, okay, I need to be in this, this part of my, my brain. I need to use this code in order to communicate as effectively and present myself as effectively um, to get what it is, whatever goal it is, right? So... It's it's hard. I go back and forth in that. Oh, it can be a negative thing, can be a positive thing. But as long as you're not, you know, consistently feeling like you're not um, able to tap into the code that makes you the most comfortable is, I guess, the best way to put it, which I have felt where it's just like I feel like I'm consistently in one mode and I want to I want to be able to listen to my Miami music and you know, just say what I want and, you know, just be whatever. And then while also listening to, I don't know, I don't want to, I don't want to stereotype or anything, but essentially code switching has a lot to do with stereotypes. So I think duality and, and what is more than duality? Duality is two things in one at once, but what is more than one thing? Everything. <laughs> so, simultaneously Simultaneously, I think yeah I think who you are exactly you are like as a human being like you're a human being you're a woman you identify as a black woman you identify as a Haitian American woman you identify as an engineer Mm -hmm. 
you identify as a podcaster, you identify as a beautiful being, you identify as a sexual being, you identify as an interior designer, you identify as a comedian, like you have so many multiple layers of yourself that I'm just a funny person as in like, I think I'm a joke. But <laughs> sure, a comedian also works. <laughs> it's a very nice one. <laughs> Cult switching for me is, I guess, speaking in the speaking comfortably, depending on who you're around. So I may be comfortable being a different person around certain people. So with my family, I'm more comfortable being more relaxed, not feeling judged, or not having to. Um, keep up with some what people might perceive me to be I don't have to put my whole race on my back like I would if I'm with a in a room full of white people so I wouldn't have to worry about them um their perception of me as a black woman or if I'm around men their perception of me as a woman um but I think that it's also something that I used to do a lot more when I was younger because I felt like I had to and now I'm trying to more intend to be consistent in all these areas so like I guess I've learned this from being in in rooms with white people where they really just look at you like okay whatever you say like that's just how it is they're not going to question if you say y'all or you guys or you know you all um they're not going to question how you speak because they just however everybody shows up in that room white or black is just how you show how they However you show up is how people are going to receive you. So, yeah, I stopped trying to be this person because then you have to, like, keep up with that at all times. And I feel like for me, that's exhausting. So I really, if I catch myself speaking a certain way because I'm around people or a certain type of person, then I'm like, no, like, just speak how you are. And I'm pretty sure, like, just work on overall communication and making sure that anyone can understand you. And I feel like that would be, that'd be it, you know. Yes, I really believe that. Yeah, I was saying earlier, like there's so many aspects. For me, it's just like as humans, we need definitions to things for us to be able to progress. And so this is just another thing that we need a definition for. And it's for me, I don't know, it's just I've always been this person. I've always been able to maneuver myself around who I'm talking to. And then if I don't know the topic, or if I don't know how to speak to somebody, I just shut down. And I, that might be like the Haitian culture of just just speak, not speak when you're um when you're spoken to, but as a child, you're not supposed to speak in adult matters, and you're not supposed to speak uh-huh. and or express your, or express or express or put your opinions on because these are adult matters that are going on, and you don't have experience. And so now in the adult world. Where I may be going into, I don't even feel like it's just white spaces, or maybe it's just like Hispanic white spaces here in Miami. Um, it's it's me now navigating on how to fully like speak up for myself, and that's like the biggest thing. And I know that what code switching does is being able to speak up for yourself, but in you know a very polite, respectable way, because you know we can't come off too emotional because we're just an emotional black woman and it's just like all these like different 
narratives that other people give you. And I think code switching also, it's also puts an extra pressure or using the term code switching puts this extra pressure of how others perceive you. So it's this like judgment. So even for me, like going through, like letting go of judgment and stuff like that, using this term code switching is basically, I'm trying to figure out how to maneuver in this world. It's just this environment of just like adding more pressure onto ourselves. It's just like how others perceive. And I want to, I don't know, like fully let that go. Cause I'm like, you're you, you're you, you're you. <laughs> At a H. <laughs> You're you in every aspect, no matter where you go to. And yes, there's um like code switching this term, this new term is not for black people, people of color, indigenous people. This is for white people to understand this is how everybody else has been dealing with your bullshit to maneuver <laughs> in your spaces. Code switching this term is not for us. We've lived this way for all of our lives. Like and I we, said, forced. If if it feels like you aren't actively, you know, searching on what ways can I, it was just like, well, I feel like I need to do this. Exactly. Because we were maneuvering in white spaces. And then we're also maneuvering, like being in these spaces as not fully skilled through our being first generation. Because again, our like parents socially. had to, yeah, our parents had to figure out how to be a, immigrant in the state and they maneuver that way so then giving mm-hmm. their children this aspect like they gave us what they knew because they assimilated and they're like this is the space and this is how you need to maneuver so like subconsciously we were taught and brought up either consciously on their own or unconsciously on their own just the way that they maneuvered and assimilated they gave us this term code switching in our everyday aspects so now mm-hmm. us being as adults we have aspects of that from our childhood as well realizing like fuck these people like i'm gonna be this version i'm a human you're a human i'm gonna be this full human right and if i want to be a full character where i'm wearing a big ass wig a big ass fro with pink and purple in it and i want to come and i want to be a powerpuff girl today you know what that's who i'm gonna be today if i want to be like fully strict and like my tracy ellis ross conservative full-on button-down structured that's who i am but in all this person in all of these avenues of myself, I am still me. And I'm still a version of me. I'm just choosing to be this person. Why, why am I putting H's in my, my S's? <laughs> it's, like, it's like a new kind of lisp I've never heard of before. I think it's because I'm laying down. Okay, and the air like, is not coming out. <laughs> it's because I'm laying and I'm like, hersh and persh and persians. <laughs> Um, but I, I do I do really like where you're going with this, Lisa, in terms of um, maneuvering in the white spaces um, and code switching was kind of how you had to be in order to get to what you needed anywhere because mm-hmm. they wouldn't or people wouldn't uh, respect or, or treat you uh, a certain way if you didn't. So um definitely and i think us as haitian americans we code switch in many different ways because we have many different Mm -hmm. sides of ourselves we have the haitian side we have the american side yeah the french we have the black american side we have the black french side 
that I don't know what the black French side is. If you could enlighten me, on that. I just say Haitian. I think that's just the Haitian side. Oh yes, yes. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 <laughs> I didn't hear what she yeah. said. She said the bougie, the bougie Haitian side. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. we're, we're the diasporas, which is really the diasporas um, um, of the immigrants um, that came from Haiti, and there's a certain stereotype about those uh that group so but it's the same concept too because it's the same concept as like americans black americans dealing with these white spaces and haitians dealing with the french aspect of it because if you look at haiti it's haiti for you to be wealthy right for like because it's most mostly about classism instead of colorism or maybe there's there's always both Both. of that but it's but but, 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 the big portion of it is classism and the way for you to get up within that society is to have money and it is for you to speak proper French. Cause how my mom explained it to me, they didn't learn Creole until Aristide came into power. That's when Aristide actually put Creole as like a language instead of just a, like for like reading and writing compared to it just being a, um, not reading, a writing, a verbal, language. yeah, a verbal yeah. language. So he was the one that put the introduced Creole. So whenever I asked my mom to translate to Creole for me, she doesn't know because and most of our family doesn't know because they speak they were taught to to write and read french and so even that colonization version of that because i'm like we have to look at that aspect we're coming from we're coming from these haitian parents who had to deal with colonization on the french side then for them to be immigrants to come here and be americans and like all of that aspect because i'm like it is colonization in total but i'm just like these versions of themselves being in that space in Haiti where they were quote unquote their full authentic self but they were their full authentic selves in the space of colonization and then coming here to America to get away from all the political strife that was going on in Haiti during that time to come here in America to and also deal with, with more policy, political yeah, with politics, <laughs> political plus plus racism plus classism plus then now colorism like colorism all of this shit is back there too. Colorism is in is in Haiti too. But I I 100% agree with you in terms of it's all related. It's all um, it comes from way back. Um, and I think you know it's just gonna be. This is how our personalities are formed, and and that's how um, maybe people might see it as being able to be more successful if you're able to code switch and to be in these kinds and different rooms and to be able to speak to many different people from from different places and it could be seen as a positive instead of a negative. I just want, for me, I think it's like, I just want the choice to 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 do it when I want to and, and not feel like I have to. I think that was the biggest thing is that I did it because I felt like I had to based off of what was seen as socially acceptable and what was seen as being successful and and well-rounded person and so on and so forth um so yeah i think that's that's my takeaway from code switching what about you Lori? in a sense like i i feel like i kind of see being able to code switch and doing it really well is sort of kind of like a privilege too because I think that there's a difference between mm. code switching 
and then having like a veil there's like this I guess an idea like um by W.E.B. Du Bois where he calls it like the veil black people have a veil where it's like literally as soon as you leave your house you put on this veil so that people can literally they can't see you and you don't really have I to see them have heard that term Jesus mask Christ. it is just right yes. it's a mask oh my god and it, and I feel like it's easier for somebody to do that to just put on a mask because sometimes that mask is going to restrict you from talking in general because you're like, I literally don't know how to speak to you. Sometimes that mask is going to be like restraining just a transfer of emotion. So it's like, I don't get any of the hatred that you're putting towards me. And yeah, I feel like the veil is more of like a protective sort of thing where like if you have a mask on sometimes depending on who you are your mask could be i i don't have to exchange i'm not going to exchange words with you because i literally don't know how to communicate with a person who doesn't understand me your your veil could be like i don't see you like i'm not even gonna look at you because (laughs) it's gonna affect me in a certain way and i don't want you to look at me because i know like you're not gonna see me for real um or it could just be like you don't want a transfer of energy like i don't want to get the hatred that i think you're gonna put towards me and i don't want to give I don't want to show you that this puts me out of in a vulnerable space. So I don't want to feel that in this moment, but the code switching, I feel like in order to be able to code switch, you have to be familiar with the code of the other side. And that is a privilege because how many Mm -hmm. times do you, are you able to even get in that, in that space? And for me, like what reminds me of that is being at my, at my school where most of them, like you see, there are a lot of white teachers, but it's really like 50, 50 white teachers and black teachers. There are also, like, five white kids in the whole school. (laughs) So, like, a majority of your friends, your family, when you go home, even the teachers, like, if they're Black, they're going to speak in a way that you hear when you go home, when you go around your family, you know, when you go to the store in your community. So you're not going to pick up the language of an all-white space. Right, because it's a majority Black space. Right. So you're not going to know the code of white people, which means that Mm -hmm. your veil is going to be a lot more, a lot less translucent. You have less codes to choose from when you go into those spaces. Yep. Right. And even like I'm here, like, um, growing up, like being in an all black middle school and like how they think that they have to speak to like, yes, my name is, you know, like really just like articulating themselves. And I'm like, you're, it's, there's an extra step too. Like you don't even know, I don't know, like, because you're not in that space, you don't know what the conversations are. You know, like you don't know it. what no, no, no. you're talking about. You're making perfect sense. You're 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 making perfect sense. And it definitely could be seen as a privilege um to be able to access that information. Um I mean most people will say movies, right? Movies are how mm-hmm. they learn about um white spaces and stuff. Um that's how people learn different languages. Literally, that's how some people will learn different languages. So people could learn to code switch that way and then um essentially I don't know my brain is working so I'm just remembering (laughs) um summers uh when I spend um summers in Haiti and we just people watch on the porch and we would see everyone rocking like this was back in the 90s so they were walking rocking um maybe not FUBU, but like Hilfiger, like all of these clothing that was like a so last season. Yeah. Adidas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was that the Bobo version? The Bobo um, and we're oh, like, oh, no. that's so last season. Like they're not up to date, whatever, because we were actually, you know, living in America. We knew what what was in. We knew uh, where to get the that's stuff. That's what Paris is saying about us. Yeah. 
Uh, and then, <laughs> and then in Haiti, you were like, mm, but they're getting their information from a different source and they don't have access or mm-hmm. I don't know that they have access to like uh, primary versus like secondary sources. Exactly. Exactly. So, and, or they're watching movies from early nineties. So everything is just a little bit farther back. I think that was what it was. I mean, even in Europe, I think when my sister, um, stayed there for a year and then came back she she was listening to music from like two summers ago and she's like yeah and I'm like no girl no one's listening to that anymore (laughs) um but it's just interesting um and I and I I like that you brought that point up because it's very important um and it kind of ties back to what Lisa was saying as to our parents kind of came here learned to be the kind of immigrants they thought they should be and you know, pushed us to, to, to have access to those spaces and to learn those other codes that they perceived, um, would give us, uh, a leg up to be successful. So mm-hmm. definitely, definitely. That's, that that's like, great. that also kind of, <laughs> kind of motivates, I forgot what comedian or who it was that was saying something like this, but it's like, if you are in this room, you are here for a reason like you are qualified to be here you would not be here if somehow you didn't have the credentials in some sort of way so whatever you have to bring to the table whether you, whether you think it's polished or not is probably going to improve on either somebody else's beliefs or what's on the table in general so like yeah like we could focus on like code switching and making sure that we're as articulate and you know like know all the words and know how to you know be the perfect black person or the perfect woman the perfect Haitian um but it's like you already got you're already here <laughs> like at this point it's really just say what you know and hope for the best because that's really what everybody's doing like this is what I know and because I know it I'm going to say it confidently like like that is all there is if somebody has something else to offer, you know, I could take it or leave it. And you could take or leave what I say. Right. And you learn you learn to do that. You learn yeah. to do that. Mm-hmm. Because it's like the or just seeing people that who haven't had access to as many white spaces as I have had mm-hmm. just because of like growing up in schools and stuff like that. It's like you're not any there's there's nothing wrong with you. Like you're not any number like yeah you're not less than like I'm not smarter than you per se it's just like I learned how to talk to a specific person so that's the only thing keeping you from being in this room and probably making a bigger change than I would have ever even thought to make so it's like right and there's probably some things they know that you don't know because they're in spaces that you're not Mm -hmm. so it's like if you're there you know how to say two words say those two words indubitably (laughs) <laughs> it's one the only way you know how to express this emotion is to roll your eyes and you know just mm. make a face do that because it's like this is how I know how to communicate and I'm in this room and some people are not and this is what they would tell you <laughs> so this you're gonna get true. it from me it makes perfect sense I can you, that brings up here's my brain working again uh, <laughs> therapy just like people having access to therapy and mm-hmm talking to people that go to therapy and talking to people that don't go to therapy, it's drastically different. Um, and I just have to remind myself, like, you know, it's, it's just access to different resources. That's all it is. And, um, it, it's important, at, at least to me, like when you guys bring this all up, it just, it all goes 
back to what Lisa was saying. White supremacy. The end. It be that's <laughs> white psychosis to its fullest. But yeah, so my final my final thought is I agree with Lori as well. Um I guess this is in a space just practice. Continue to practice and you're in the space for a reason. You exist in that space. Be like you exist. That's a beauty. So just practice every day existing and being your full authentic self. You have different layers. You have different avenues of yourself. So you have different abilities that not everybody has. There may be a collective of people that have, but they're not in the same space that you're in. You currently. bring you bring something to the table. Yes, always. And so just that's something that I just want to leave at. And I and you can be as white girl as you want to be, or you can be <laughs> as authentic and as blackly black, as Haitianly black, as it, as as any way you want to be. You can just be whoever you want to be. This is true. This is true. Uh, I finally watched the movie Soul. Sorry, I wanted to put that out there. <gasps> I, I haven't really watched it. Soul. Recently watched I that. needed it. I needed it. I it. It's so good. And uh, um, there yeah. were a lot of you. You need to watch it. I don't want to watch it with people and. A person don't. has been wanting to watch it with me, and I just want to just be by myself with a big TV and do it. And I haven't had the opportunity to do that yet. Okay, I don't have a big TV, so I can't offer you that. Um, <laughs> Surround sound. I don't have any of that. I'm really sorry, so I can't help you. But <laughs> um, I watched it last night, and it definitely. I think this is kind of a little bit. I guess it it, it definitely had some play in this conversation so i i encourage you to watch it i encourage everyone to watch it it's super sweet i loved it you guys should talk about it i'm gonna watch Love it. it if you want <laughs> if you want to talk about a specific point like you can bring it up if you want you can watch it and we can talk about it on a podcast so okay. let's do that right. yeah. talk about show yes that's gonna be the name of the podcast okay <laughs> It be that's well, it. Lori, thank you oh. so much for coming oh. and <laughs> taking your time to come here today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you. Oh, appreciate you. I do want to. Uh, okay, it be that's it. It be that's it. <laughs>